We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just
by the damn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing. With all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and at the moment not at all peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee. I am not at all peaceful. Uh, you know the running gag where I normally say uh, mostly peaceful. I can't even say it. It's not a time for jest. It is utterly, utterly ridiculous, this excuse of a speech. Clearly the most dangerous, most destructive, most divisive speech ever given by a setting president of the United States, which Joe Biden is supposed to be. That's just absolutely insane. Now, there's a couple of things going on today that you should be aware of. First and foremost, if you're listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, you need to know this is the Sunday broadcast uh, that uh, took place on uh, September 4th, 2022. I did not have Thursday broadcast as I got held up with uh, a lot of personal stuff in It got to be very, very late before I was able to make enough time to even possibly do it. And uh, as a result, uh, I was also uh, busy with these things, so I did not get to watch Joe Biden's little speech on Thursday Night Live. In fact, I paid more attention to the fact that college football was going on as Thursday night. It was also the day that the University of Tennessee football volunteers took to Neyland Stadium and uh, took care of business against Ball State. And it looked about like a team should look at this point in the season, taking on a, a team at that level uh, of competition. It, they looked very good, all things considered. Ball State did not look bad. In fact, uh, I think it looks to me like they have a pretty solid running game for the MAC Conference, and... Uh, think they're going to do very well in their conference play, quite honestly. So as a result, I got hung up with things, and then I paid more attention to football, and then I had no idea how bad this speech was until Friday. See, I had not intended on listening to the speech live anyway. I really hadn't. Figured I'd have a pretty good idea of what this was going to be about, you know, getting ready to go headlong into exactly the midterm election campaigning mode. That's basically what the expectation was. Used to wait to to get officially into it till after Labor Day, which of course is coming up on Monday and uh, not a day that I plan on doing a whole lot as far as acknowledgement and celebration because bottom line is that it is a socialist slash communist holiday but when it comes down to it if you are a blue collar worker in this country if you are a down and dirty doing the the nasty jobs nobody wants to do getting dirt under your fingernails uh type of worker in this country then you are worthy of acknowledgement and you have earned this extra day off, that and a whole lot more. So if you fall into that category, then I do hope you're enjoying the extra day off, regardless of the origins of the day of observation. 
but uh, I figured this would just be another crappy campaign speech, and especially since at the day before, Biden has basically said, Oh, what are you going to do, you, you you Second Amendment folks? What are you going to do with your little AR-15s against an F-16? Well, I don't know, Joe. Why don't you tell me how it was that a group of cave-dwelling 16th century goat humpers uh, with sticks and uh, a few weapons that they picked up from us that you left behind managed to make you run with your tail between your legs as you exited Afghanistan in a rather haphazard fashion. Tell me if they can do that, why a well-armed American citizenry wouldn't be able to defend themselves from the current tyranny and banana republic antics that you are currently practicing. How about that? I, I think that AR-15 might actually go a long way. Not that that's the reason why I want an AR-15. Not that that's the reason that most people want an AR-15. But if you really want to say, what are you going to do if you're really just defending yourself from tyranny? Uh, well, maybe we'll just defend ourselves from tyranny as best we can. <sighs> and I, I haven't been this angry in a very long time. But when you take that threat and then everything involving this speech and you look at it, it is infuriating. I mean, the imagery alone is so disturbing. Having the Marines standing in the backdrop, the basically hinting the potential use of military force in order to defend the democracy. Although I will give Biden credit for having used uh, the term the Republic at least a few times in the speech. So congratulations there. You got that part right. But you still kept talking about our democracy in the process, and that part's just not right. There are some democratic principles that have been added to our constitutional republic. One based on federalism. The one's based on the idea that the states have more authority and more power than the federal government, and it's designed that way intentionally. To avoid centralizing the power. To avoid exactly what you and your little dem cohorts are trying to do. We were told before this speech happened, that this would be a unifying speech. We were told that this was going to focus on optimism and, and how things moving forward were, were going to be better. And then what we got was a full-blown threat after threat. What we were given was uh, basically a prodding to try and elevate the political temperature that much more. Almost as if your desired outcome is to create more violence. Oh, even though you said that we don't promote violence. Really, Joe? You don't? Uh, I'm pretty sure that your VP was literally fundraising to get people out of jail who had burnt down buildings and people's private property all in the name of St. George. George Floyd, in case anybody missed the reference. Time after time, we were told that uh, they were just so angry, we have to let them uh, be heard. 
you talk about MAGA Republicans and how not all Republicans are MAGA Republicans, but then you turn around and you talk about hey, anybody who wants to uh, take this country backwards, wants to take away your your rights to choose. Okay, so uh, coded language for anybody that opposes abortion for any reason. Well, you're a MAGA Republican, whether you support Donald Trump or not. They want to take away your right to marry who you love. So in other words, if you think that marriage is not a federal issue, if you oppose same-sex marriage for any reason whatsoever, or if you just oppose the Supreme Court's determination that it has a right to make a ruling because, oh no, this isn't a state's issue. If you happen to fall into that category, then congratulations, you're a MAGA Republican too. You're a threat. The way they've been talking about domestic terrorism, the way they've been talking about every last aspect of their uh, ideology and who stands opposed to them uh, is the real enemy. Well, guess what? If you oppose anything that Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. or any of his lackeys who are actually pulling the strings behind the scenes want, then you're a MAGA Republican, <laughs> even if you happen to be a Democrat. Now, one of the things that I have to say was it, it did make me feel a little better about the state of the country that I saw a lot of typical Democratic voters publicly saying, okay, this was a step too far. Uh, maybe we should start pumping the brakes a little bit. Maybe a little too much authoritarianism is coming through. It also did my heart good to see uh, CNN calling out Biden's imagery and the use of the Marines in the backdrop. What also further concerned me is how many of these Democrats started calming back down uh, the last couple of days as people have come out to defend the speech and defend the imagery. And some people even go so far as to say that this is Joe Biden just calling out the truth. Like if the truth even just showed up and bit him on the nose, they would know what just happened to them. And the former mayor of Atlanta, Mayor Bottoms, shows up on one of the Sunday morning shows and says, well, what he did is remind America what we're really about, who the American people really are. Really? No, I, that's not what I saw there. I'm wondering where you saw that at. Because what I saw was a genuine threat to anybody that might have any opposition to any of the things that Joe Biden wants. But I think the kicker, the part that killed me the most, made me want to scream and pull out my hair the most, was when he started going down the list of things, oh, we... We, the MAGA Republicans, we don't believe in the Constitution or the rule of law. This coming from a man who literally just four days earlier signed an executive order to supposedly forgive student loan debt, a statement that just the week before he signed it, he acknowledged he did not have the authority to do. Something that Nancy Pelosi has said on multiple occasions, you do not have the right to do. Uh, people think that, uh, the well, here, listen to her in her own words. Here's the thing. People think that the president of the United States has the power 
for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. But the, the difference between the president, do, president can't do it. So that's not even a discussion. That's not even a discussion. And Joe Biden recognized that fact. And he said as much, not even a full week before he signed this executive order that presumably at some point will end up in the courts. And once it does end up in the courts, it will be overturned and reversed. And here's hoping for those folks who right now are thinking that they have their debt forgiven, uh, that uh, it happens sooner rather than later, because almost every state in the country has uh, told these folks they've made a determination, they're working on it. They're going to treat this forgiveness as the money they received previously as income now, and they're going to tax it. So you're going to end up paying taxes on this. And then once this is overturned, you're going to turn around and still owe this money. And good luck trying to get the money back that you paid in taxes. I mean, you just got uh, screwed double time, boys and girls, and you're celebrating thinking that you just won some major victory that that Joe Biden just did you a favor. And the the saddest part of all is that you're not really going to feel any of those effects until after the midterms, because that is really all they're hoping to accomplish. I want to tell us that we don't respect the Constitution, that we don't respect the rule of law. Again, remind you that uh, riots where federal buildings were being attacked and people were being injured and lots of people were killed during the Summer of Love riots. You guys were actively looking to cover up and actively looking to help get these people back on the streets. Wow. Yeah, we're the ones that encourage violence. You are so full of crap. It is so difficult to believe that you've got the unmitigated gall to say these things publicly. Even your efforts right off the bat to say all the white things, all the little pretty words at the very beginning of your statement, it becomes so hollow when you realize that when somebody like Joe Biden says uh, equality, he doesn't mean equality. He means equity. I mean, he, he said it since he's taken office over and over again, and so was everybody else in his administration. They're working for equity. They're working for equity. If we say equality, we mean equity. If there's no equality of outcomes, then there's not equity. We must do whatever we have to do to get these outcomes equal. Well, really, how about you earn your outcome? Is that so hard? How about you rely on your efforts instead of somebody else's effort to even things out? I mean, that would be fair. Oh, but you see, Tim, you're ignoring the fact that uh, everything here has been stacked against the oppressed peoples. Really? I mean, one of the other downsides of what's been going on is I'm not going to get a chance to have our Sunday afternoon conversation with Ron Edwards for today's broadcast. But last Sunday, he announced that 
his show has just been picked up by yet another network, uh, the Phoenix Broadcasting Network. So he made a point of talking about how there are opportunities for those that are willing to put in the effort. And in case you don't realize it, Ron Edwards happens to be a black American. Not an African American, but an American who happens to be black. He also happens to be conservative. So, of course, the leftists and the Democrats don't like him. They can't stand him. It wouldn't matter if he was a bomb thrower or even just a polite, squishy, uh, Mitt Romney-type conservative. They would hate him the same regardless because he's not on their plantation. He's not under their thumb. He actually thinks for himself and has realized a long time ago that the promise of America is a promise that's made for everyone, and it's available to be claimed by those who are willing to put in the effort. That's his message, and that's why the left can't stand him. That's why Democrats can't stand him, because he's an example of the exact opposite of what they're trying to convince everyone, that you are a victim. And now somebody like him, somebody like me, somebody like the majority of you folks that are out there listening to this broadcast on a regular basis, we're all the enemy. We are literally enemies of the state. Joe Biden told us we are enemies of the state. Even I, who have not always been a super uh, supportive guy of Donald Trump. Back in 2016, when he was first running, I was not on board the Trump train. I, of course, once he got the nomination, supported him over Hillary because, let's face facts, a flake of paint would have been a better option than Hillary Clinton. And thank God we didn't end up with that. But at the end of the day, I then gave Donald Trump the opportunity to prove me wrong, and on so many occasions he did. He ended up being one of the best presidents during the course of his administration that we have ever had. He worked harder to honor more promises than anyone who's held the office probably ever, quite honestly. And even though he said a lot of things, even though he liked to to do a lot of things that I wish he wouldn't have, like his riling up of people on Twitter and occasionally making statements that were less than gracious, uh, making enemies out of people that he didn't need to make enemies out of, that style is part of what made him so popular with the supporters, but it, it did also put a major wedge between him and a lot of the voters that would have supported him so wholeheartedly on policy alone if he just hadn't done it. He had his flaws. But I'm sorry, who doesn't? At least he wasn't running around uh, making false statements, plagiarizing everybody, including big chunks of this speech, which seemed to be plagiarized from none other than, well, a certain former Fuhrer, of a uh, European nation that once threatened to take over the world. Don't like making specific comparisons very often, but it didn't just look like it was a cross between Emperor Palpatine uh, from Star Wars and, uh, of course, maybe Mussolini, possibly even that German guy that nobody is allowed to make a comparison of unless we're talking about Donald Trump.
Here on the left, you can say that to a German guy. Hey, Donald Trump is literally Hitler. Uh, no, Hitler was literally Hitler. Donald Trump was Donald Trump. And you guys can't tell the difference. Because you're dumb. Not just ignorant, you're dumb. If you think that Donald Trump represents authoritarianism, then you're dumb. You either don't know what the word means, or you're just stupid. Again, Donald Trump said a lot of things that I wasn't real happy about at the time. But he did a lot of things right, a lot of things right, including great judicial picks, including moving the embassy to Israel, back to the capital of Israel, where it should have always been, helping lay the groundwork and being very uh, proactive with building the relationships that led to the Abraham Accords. Did a lot of great things. He had us energy independent, something that Joe Biden undid in his first 15 minutes after being sworn in. The economy was booming, and if it wasn't for the artificial shutdown that came with COVID, we would have been unstoppable. In fact, if Joe Biden had just opened everything back up and not messed with any of the policies that were in play, he would be being praised as the greatest president of all time because you know how the left likes to exaggerate and would never admit that all he really did was follow the groundwork that was already laid by the previous guy. Now, they would do that if the previous guy was one of theirs, but, you know. It's just mind-boggling that this is where we're at. The F, once again, to accuse conservatives of being guilty of the things that they themselves are up to, and to try and pretend like they're the great saviors, and that if we're not on board with them... We are an enemy of the state. It's not even the first time that Biden has accused conservatives or Christians or certainly white American men who happen to be straight as being an enemy of the state. We are white supremacists in his idea, or at least in every speech that he gives. These people are moronic. And they want you to believe that. They want you to buy into it. They want you to be afraid to speak out against it. But every time you refuse to stand up, push back, and say, Hey, guys, you're wrong, and I don't care what you have to say. I only care about the fact that you're running my country into the ground, and we're going to respond at the ballot box. And that's what's important here. Because there seems to be a few things at play here with this speech besides the imagery which I'm pretty sure wasn't, in, which was very much intentional, besides the message being every bit as divisive as they said it would not be. I think they're trying to squash momentum, and they're also trying to make the midterm elections about Donald Trump because they seem to think they can beat Donald Trump because they've done it once. They're forgetting that they forgot the lesson of trying to run against Donald Trump in 2016. They thought if they got Donald Trump, there's no way Hillary doesn't win. They had no idea, no idea how to explain how Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. Then 
the shenanigans occurred, and I'm sorry, if you happen to want to ban me for saying it, there is no way that there wasn't enough shenanigans in the uh, election that it didn't cost Donald Trump the win. There was just enough shenanigans in just the right places, selected locations, that yes, that did happen. Now, some people still want to say, well, I, clearly there was stuff that happened, but I don't know that it was enough to overturn the results. Well, how about this? We already know from polling data that if enough Democratic voters who voted for Joe Biden but were kind of just on the fence before have come out and said that if they'd known about the Hunter Biden laptop story before the election, it would have changed their vote. They wouldn't have necessarily voted for Trump, but they definitely would not have voted for Biden. That enough people have come out and said that, that it would have changed the results of the election. So Twitter and Facebook's efforts to keep the Hunter Biden story out of the hands of the people who needed to be informed before casting a vote, under the guise of it being Russian disinformation, which everybody knew, even at the time, everybody the FBI knew it wasn't disinformation. They knew it was legit. They just didn't want voters to know. They had picked a side and still, to this day, want to pretend as if they were trying to be neutral, that they didn't want to have an impact on the election. Look, there's a reason why we have this phrase in politics called the October Surprise. And nine times out of ten, this happens as a result of something that was hidden that should have been revealed earlier, should have been acknowledged sooner, being held back and released at just the right time so that all the voters would be seeing it just before they went to vote and there wouldn't be enough time for any type of rebuttal or disavowment of whatever this information is. It's just, it's just utterly ridiculous. Oh, but, but they care so much about the rule of law. Uh, okay, I, if, if I continue, I'm going to get riled up again to the point that I'm going to get flustered, become speechless, rant, rave, yell, a bunch of ridiculous stuff that I shouldn't be doing. You guys stay right where you're at. Going to take a mid-hour break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at some of the most recent news stories that really gives you an indication of exactly how much Joe Biden uh, loves his job and takes it seriously and, you know, uh, how much they care about the Constitution and the rule of law. I'll be right back. My name's Joe Biden. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> Joe Brandon, I yeah. agree. <laughs> I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, 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 well, I took uh, a walk around the world to ease my trouble. Down up, thank you. No, no. I promise you. The president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. If the Democrat leftists believe they have better ideas, what are they so afraid of? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. 
On today's page from the original book brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Recently in the very hot state of Florida, the Seminole County Republican Party headquarters was vandalized by anarchist groups who align politically with the Democrat Party. The Seminole Republicans said, quote, Our answer is to clean up and move on. The leftist thugs used their lack of imagination when they spray-painted the message, Fast SHIT Happens. And they superglued the lock on the front door of the Republican office. The damages added up to about $700. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel blamed snappy Joe Biden for rhetoric endorsing the idea that conservatives are fascists. Even more relevant is the fact that Democrat leftists who go around like uncivilized beasts in the dark of night conducting destructive childish pranks against Republicans who say they support the right to life even for the unborn, real education, strong traditional families, belief in God, liberty, a strong economy, protected borders, etc. Are themselves the actual fascists? Remember, leftists always accuse others of what they themselves are guilty of. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. One, two, eighteen. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. Right here, right now There is no other 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Of course, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I'd like to remind you that there will be a link to Built Bars in the show description that will allow you to go to their website and will allow them to know that I'm the one who sent you. So, you know, if you're going to go check out what Built Bar has to offer, uh, well, by all means, please follow the link. It's a small ask uh, on my part, and, you know, it's not really something that you have to uh, do uh, with some great effort. Now, if you are not listening to the podcast, if you're listening to the rebroadcast on terrestrial radio, for example, or if you are listening on the last frequency or something along those lines, well, then uh, you can, if you so choose, come visit me over at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P, Thomas, Apple, Paul, Paul, into the truth, all one word, dot com. And uh, from there, you can scroll down past a recent guest on that homepage once you land there, and you'll see banners. And one of those banners, well, actually multiple banners, will be for Built Bar. Some of them are a little older. I probably need to update some of those. Uh, but uh, you can click on those, and they'll work just the same. Now, if you're willing to do that, that extra effort, I would also greatly appreciate it. But... Uh, even if you're not, I would highly recommend you go check out everything Built has to offer, especially right now because they've got a lot of great protein bars that I still think are candy bars and that they're somehow they're managing to, to cover up the fact that it's just candy because uh, there's no way something can be as good for you as they claim it is and taste that good. I just I have a hard time believing it. Some things are too good to be true, and I think that falls into the category, but they claim to have the evidence, and so far they seem to be working pretty well. Or you can actually check out some of their other things, like their collagen uh, mix and their uh, their boost, uh, which is uh, a great way to increase your immune system and get extra vitamins. Don't just take your vitamins, enjoy them, is their motto. Uh, boost Brands is offering off. Uh, Built Brands is offering all kinds of great stuff, uh, so just go check it out. Follow the link. Anyway, what do you say we take a look at exactly how much Joe Biden and the current administration really respects the rule of law? Uh, let's just start with how much they really respect the American people and your average intelligence. Because after giving this speech on Thursday of last week, Joe Biden also came out on Friday and said multiple times uh, to multiple reporters, I do not consider Donald Trump supporters to be a threat at all. Really? Uh, you spent half of your speech the night before saying that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the nation. So kind of a way, uh, an effort to walk that back. But he also followed up by making a pretty big ask of Congress. Uh, you see, he wants Congress to give him another $47 billion to address what he's calling immediate needs. Uh, immediate needs, including the likes of the spread of monkeypox, both here in the United States and abroad. Uh, never waste an opportunity to, to send U.S. taxpayer dollars to other countries when there's a lot of need for it here. He also wants part of that to go to the never-ending fight against COVID. And, of course, they need to send yet more money in defense of Ukraine. Uh, the constant 
money laundering machine that Biden has been taking full advantage of for some time now, uh, even back in the days when he worked for the, you know, uh, my boss, <laughs> the former uh, chief executive, a.k.a. Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama. Now, Biden's request to Congress, of course, is aimed at keeping the government open beyond the September 30th expiration of the current 2022 fiscal year. And according to the uh, administration, anyway, uh, that's one of the things that they said to the Politico. The requested $47 billion includes $6.5 billion to address the recent flooding in Kentucky and the wildfires in California. So, you know, obviously, if you're opposed to this money, then you're opposed to the people in Kentucky uh, recovering from the flooding and the people in California from recovering from these the effects of the wildfire. Yes, clearly. $47 billion, uh, 6.5 going to be split somehow between Kentucky and California. Uh, obviously, that would be why we would oppose the additional spending. You know, that's just a little over half of the $11.7 billion that Biden wants to send to the Ukraine. How much of that is actually going to get into the hands of Ukraine for defense? I think CBS has already answered that for us when they ran their recent report telling us that so very little of the money actually ends up where it's being sent to. So very little of it. But hey, let's just keep sending money there. Let's keep prolonging the conflict that, uh, you know, isn't going to be solved before winter, and things aren't going to be very good over there, and actually continues to help to further enrich Russia, and uh, also seems to continue to drive Russia and China closer and closer together. I, I mean, why wouldn't we do those things? That is so smart when it comes to foreign policy, right? Well, maybe if that's your intention, uh, it would be. They claim it's not. So then you have to decide, ladies and gentlemen, whether or not they're just so inept that they really have no clue what their policies actually do, or if this is, in fact, malice and not incompetence. Uh, I used to be somebody that would always assign incompetence first as opposed to malice, but it's getting harder and harder uh, to imagine that these people aren't seeing the data directly in front of them and not realizing what's occurring, and rather than changing course, they're doubling down. That makes it seem like it's more malice than incompetence. But hey, maybe they're just not only so dumb that they don't know what they're doing, but also too dumb to understand the data in front of them. Maybe that's it. And I hate that I'm in such a foul mood that I keep just throwing the word dumb around, because I don't like calling people dumb, but it seems pretty dumb. This... Uh, quoting here now, uh, this administration will continue to work with members of both parties in Congress to meet these critical needs for the American people, and we look forward to reaching a bipartisan funding agreement that advances national priorities in the coming fiscal year. Uh, this, of course, from Ms. Young, the director of the Office of Management and Budget. Now, again, a lot of this money is going to the Ukraine. A lot of this money is going to fight monkeypox, not just here, but also abroad. So how exactly is this critical needs for the American people? 
I mean, if you're legitimately going to send some aid money to help the folks in Kentucky recovering from the floods, okay, I might buy into that being a critical need for the American people. Same thing for folks in California trying to recover from wildfires. But that's really about all I see in this little wish list ask that's of major concern. That is, in fact, critical needs for any American person, let alone all of the American people. Anyway, while the administration carved out some funding to address natural disasters at home, there's no mention of Biden wanting Congress to to send money to address the water, water crisis currently going on in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, that's now been dragging on for over a week. Instead, the president set a short-term priorities on throwing more money towards combating the already slowing spread of viruses and aiding the war defense of a foreign nation. You know, important to understand that Ukraine needs to defend her borders, even though we're not even technically allowed to have a southern border. But then this isn't that surprising either, is it? I mean, Biden's request for more money to be sent to fund Ukraine's defense during Russia's invasions now comes on top of $40 billion that the country has set to receive from the U.S. from a package already approved from Congress back in May. And this is just amongst the most recent taxpayer dollars we've sent. The largest chunk of the money in this particular request is $22.4 billion, which would go to continuing fighting against COVID. While the administration is asking for $3.9 billion to address monkeypox in the United States and another $600 million to be spent around the globe to fight monkeypox. Now, does that math make sense? Okay, $3.9 billion here. Uh, do do we really need to spend that much money fighting monkeypox when all you have to do is grow the cojones to say, hey, men who like having sex with men, uh, stop having uh, orgies. Because that's the number one vector. You, you cut that out, 90% of the spread has ended right there. Only you're not allowed to say that because of the stigma that might be placed on the people that are, you know, men who enjoy having sex with men, meaning they're either gay or bisexual, okay? Uh, hey, guys, I know you're part of the LGBTQ uh, plus whatever other things you've added to it recently, community, but, um, you know, this is a case where you may be protected from having your feelings hurt, you may actually be treated like the whole of the American people should have been treated during the COVID crap, which is, okay, here's the facts, here's the information. Now, you determine your risk assessment. But uh, you need to realize that if you're just having random anonymous orgies, uh, there's a good risk that you're going to catch something you don't want anyway, even before monkeypox entered the, into the equation. But is that really take $3.9 billion to address it, what exactly you're trying to do with this money? Uh, because if you're doing anything other than just buying vaccines and, and uh, putting out public service announcements to say, hey, guys having sex with guys, 
cut it out for a minute and then go get a vaccine. If that's not what you're doing with this money and then getting more of the vaccine, which you could have had and kind of blew it because you didn't renew the order. And then they distributed it all throughout Europe, uh, what you thought we had on standby. <laughs> if you're not doing that, then what are you going to be doing with this money? Oh, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to find its way into the pockets of people who are your friends. And eventually back into your pockets, right? Am I cynical? Am I too cynical? And why are we spending $600 million to fight monkeypox everywhere else? Everywhere else is doing better than we are. Because they actually have had the gumption to say, hey, gay guys, cut it out. And by being honest with the people who are at most risk about what the risk actually is, they've managed to already have major reductions in the spread in most of those locations. It's only the places that continue to play the woke game of, oh, your feelings matter more than the facts, where you're con continuing to see a rise in cases. It's funny how being honest about things you can be honest in a respectful fashion. You can say, hey guys, I know you kind of like doing this stuff, but it's not very healthy. And here's another reason why it isn't. It it's kind of has an effect where folks realize what they're looking at and they're like, hmm, okay, maybe we better stop that. Now, according to the CDC, the spread of monkeypox is slowing significantly throughout the world because most people are getting the message even in the places where they are playing the PC games. But the agency warned that it still poses a risk if not contained. Well, yeah, isn't that the case for anything that's contagious? If you don't contain it, it still poses a risk of continuing to spread. Um, yeah, that's kind of a hallmark of something being contagious in the first place. Or at least I always thought it was. Uh, maybe, again, malice instead of incompetence? Or maybe it's just incompetence in this case, and incompetence alone, because, I mean, let's face facts, these guys have not been at the top of their game since Reagan was in charge. So here we are, and they're, they're, they're out here, they're saying, okay, there's still a risk. Okay, we get it. If it's not contained, it's still dangerous. Anyway, the White House reaffirmed its commitment to spending billions of dollars to fight the disease that experts say is mostly spread through sexual intercourse of gay men. Now, it's important to utilize the phrase experts say because that's one of their favorite phrases when they're trying to get us to shut up, right? Only that's not enough for them to be honest about what the primary vector of the spread is. Anyway, quoting here from the White House, While we have accelerated the distribution of hundreds of thousands of vaccines, made testing more available, and expanded access to tens of thousands of courses of treatment, you know, to reach the highest risk populations, we cannot let up until we end the current outbreak and are prepared for future monkeypox or smallpox outbreaks. Now, you see how the White House wants to throw out something that's actually scary? Now, monkey box is bad enough if you happen to get it. It really is. It's very uncomfortable. It's very painful. 
it's not particularly life-threatening uh, on a high percentage basis. But, you know, again, like with anything else, for some people, anything can be way worse than for the majority of humans. So some folks will see their life actually threatened by it, which is a good reason just to avoid it altogether, because, you know, why risk it? But knowing that monkeypox, for the most part, is relatively more of an irritant than something that's dangerous, they have to throw out a hugely dangerous uh, <laughs> viral uh, <laughs> issue, uh, smallpox. smallpox. Smallpox will kill a lot of folks if it gets into outbreak stage. Here's the point, though. Congress will now have to consider Biden's request and then come to an agreement on a short-term spending bill before discussing the longer-term government funding that will begin with the new fiscal year on October 1st. So I kind of think that you're going to see Nancy Pelosi and you're going to see Chucky e. Schumer try to do something with this, try to approve it before they go into their emergency continuing uh, funding package. But uh, whatever they end up doing here, it's still just a waste of U.S. taxpayer dollars. It's, it's a huge waste. The only thing that's of merit here, the only thing that I could see a legitimate argument being made for, and I know a lot of conservatives can make an argument against this too, but I could see actually sending uh, aid to the folks in Kentucky and the folks in California that are part of this. But we should probably also remember the folks in Mississippi who are having their water crisis ongoing. We should probably remember that there's a lot of other places that are having issues that are not that dissimilar. And perhaps if we focused on taking care of things here at home before sending millions and or billions of dollars abroad, uh, if we fix things up here first, we might be in a much better, stronger position to, you know, help all those folks. Uh, just throwing it out there. Just a, a wild and crazy idea, I know. All right, so we are quickly approaching the end of the first hour of today's broadcast, meaning that if you're listening on terrestrial radio, I'm about to have to say goodbye to you for a bit. If you're listening to the podcast, obviously don't go anywhere. Hour number two will start immediately after this. And we're going to continue to take a look at ways that uh, President Biden and his little lackeys all uh, respect the Constitution and respect the rule of law. Uh, just with some other stories that broke between Thursday and Saturday of this uh, past week. It's mind-boggling. It's astounding, really. But it is basically where we are at. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot reiterate this enough. I do believe, on the one hand, they are desperately trying to fan the flames, trying to provoke uh, American patriots into actions of violence so they can try to use it against it. They've tried so hard to try to, to make the riot on January 6th looked like an insurrection. They tried so hard to get the American people to buy into right-wing extremism being the real threat to the country. 
and they failed miserably at it. Most people have seen right through it, but it hasn't kept them from trying. And then something else occurs to me, too. They do want to try and run against Donald Trump, but they also would like to try and emulate the success that Donald Trump has at firing up his base. They think this authoritarian imagery and authoritarian talk, they think that's what Donald Trump does. When they see Donald Trump, when they hear him give a speech, that's what they think they're getting, which is part of why they've done this as well. So I think they're trying to run against Trump, and at the same time, they're trying to accomplish the same things as Trump. They just fail miserably because they don't understand the difference. Donald Trump stands up to fight for us. That's where he's at. Now, at this point, if Trump doesn't run, then I hope DeSantis does. If Trump does, I hope DeSantis doesn't. But I think the most important thing for us as voters, if we are out here when we are talking and delivering to folks, we need to make sure that we continue to stay on message and on brand. And that message is the economy, the southern border, and all the foreign policy, all the energy policy. If we stay focused on that instead of letting them try to turn this into a referendum about, oh, we don't like the orange man who's bad, then there's no way we lose the upcoming. We show up to the polls, and we stay on message, and we make sure that everybody's hearing that same message. And uh, I think that's where we need to be. And meanwhile, yeah, for those of you on radio, remember, uh, tune in again tomorrow, same time, to hear uh, hour number two of today's broadcast. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. A reminder again, if you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. And uh, hey, uh, Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. You know what they say, Let's go, From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She 
couldn't say how, she couldn't say why, he was different in her eyes. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this, as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president.
goddamn UN. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful, although not really very peaceful at the moment, host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, now here we are again, uh, having to deal with every time you think Joe Biden's gone as far as he can take this insanity, he finds a way to take it to another level. And man, oh man, is that not exactly what he's done. I, uh, I don't know what else to to tell you guys it's just insane uh, absolutely insane well this is of course the second hour of a two-hour broadcast that uh, initially took place on sunday september 4th 2022 the day before labor day so by the time uh, a lot of you guys will be hearing this it probably will be labor day so as i said back uh, in the first hour uh, it's not a holiday that I put a whole lot of merit in because I know it's essentially a socialist slash communist holiday. But, you know, it, it does occur to me that if you're a hardworking American, if you're the kind of person out there that's doing the dirty jobs that nobody else wants to do, if you're the kind of person that gets dirt under your fingernails on the regular, in fact, to the point that you have a hard time keeping it out from under there, then... Uh, then you're worthy of recognition. You're part of what makes this country go a big part of, in fact, probably the most important part. Uh, so if you're a mechanic, if you're a farmer, if you're uh, somebody that's, uh, you know, just whatever you may be doing, if you're one of these hardworking folks, then you have earned a day of recognition and you have earned an extra day off for those of you that are getting it. So uh, I don't think much of the particular day of observance here, but I do think a great deal of you, so I uh, hope you're enjoying your extended weekend if you got one, and there's the other sad thing. If you're one of these folks that works one of these very, very important jobs, there's a good chance that not a lot of you actually got it off, uh, so, you know, understand that if you're working uh, on Labor Day, uh, you have earned my respect there as well. All right, so back in the first hour, I, of course, spent some time talking about the Biden speech calling MAGA Republicans uh, Super MAGA, Ultra MAGA, Super Duper Ultra MAGA, Magpie MAGA Republicans a threat to the Republic. And uh, again, kudos for him using the word the Republic at least a couple of times. Uh, of course, he went back to our democracy uh, way too many times, but he did get it right when you said our republic. So I will give him credit where the credit's due, and he hasn't earned very much of that in quite a long time. But we talked about that, and then we immediately transitioned into some of the things where he's demonstrating or where he, folks that work in his administration are demonstrating how much they really care. Uh, how much they really respect the Constitution and the rule of law. We talked about his big ask from Congress where he wants more taxpayer money to go to the Ukraine. He wants more taxpayer money to go to fight COVID. And he wants more taxpayer money to fight monkeypox, both here and 
in other places around the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me, right? Now, that alone, not a, really a constitutional or rule of law problem, but it does show that there's a big thumb in the eye to the American people. Here we are in an inflationary cycle, and he still wants to continue to blow out the spending, and a big chunk of it, not even for Americans. I mean, if you're going to offer up some aid to the folks in Kentucky, try and help them recover from the flooding, and some aid to the folks trying to recover from wildfires in California, I think you can make that argument legitimately. Still doesn't necessarily mean we should do it at the federal level. But uh, something tells me that if I was one of these people, I certainly would want the help, especially considering how many times in the past they have given it to other people who have suffered through lesser effects from disasters. So I, I think you can definitely make that argument. But uh, how much more money are we going to send to the Ukraine? Seriously? I mean, granted, it's not actually going to the Ukraine. Not all. I mean, it's being sent in that direction. It's being redirected. It's getting put in the pockets of certain people. It's getting laundered real good, and it's making its way back into the hands of some of the politicians that are sending it in the first place. That is definitely not me wearing a tinfoil hat. That is not me being overly cynical. That is not me uh, just spiffballing. That is actually what has happened. Uh, we we know it to be the case, all right? I, I don't need to go all Alex Jones uh, to to get to that point. We We know that that's what's happened. Anybody who thinks otherwise simply isn't paying attention. When CBS News comes out and calls them out for the majority of the cash that's being sent there, not getting into the hands of the people that it was intended to get to, then that should be all you need to know. I mean, there is a reason why Hunter Biden was running around to Ukraine and to China and a few other places around the world uh, picking up bags of cash and of course, 10% going to the big guy. There's a reason why that happens, and it's going to continue to happen. It's U.S. taxpayer dollars that's being sent out of the U.S., being laundered through various accounts, then coming back into the U.S. in the forms of just money that's magically being contributed. I mean, it's, it's good work if you can get it, I suppose. I just, these people are insane. Anyway. Wanted to continue with showing their care about the Constitution and the rule of law. Because this next story is one that I know you guys have been hearing about. I'm not certain that there's been enough coverage of this. But I know it's been getting a decent amount. So you know you've heard about it. But it's still, I'm going to stay with this because it is a really good example of exactly what we're talking about. With them caring so deeply and respecting the Constitution and the rule of law. I mean, they, they care so very much, right? Okay, so the Biden administration will begin offering abortion canceling. 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 Sounds like I'm saying canceling. Uh, they're not canceling anything. They're consulting uh, these folks. Abortion consulting. I'll say that instead. And in some cases, actual abortions to veterans. You know, through the Department of Veterans Affairs, VA hospitals, regardless of state law. Doesn't matter where the VA hospital is located at. Doesn't matter if it's one of the states that has cracked down on the regulatory standpoint of 
when and how you can have uh, the surgical or any procedure whatsoever that ends in the destruction of the life of a preborn baby human. So regardless of state law, these VA hospitals are going to be offering abortions in a move that's aimed at the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, this was also announced Friday. A lot of stuff came out Friday. Your usual uh, information dump uh, going into the long weekend. They're expecting a lot of this to be old news by the time everyone goes back to their normal work week patterns and starts paying attention to the news again. Which is one of those rare occasions where I'm kind of glad that I'm talking about this and a lot of you aren't going to hear this until Monday or Tuesday. And in some cases, maybe even Wednesday. And you'll be back to your regular routines by then, and this is still going to be something ongoing. Now, this little rule says that some state laws are, quote, laws not founded in science or based on evidence. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where they get off pushing that idea. But, rule says, laws not founded in science or based on evidence, and it asserts that, quote, state and local laws and regulations that would prevent VA healthcare professionals from providing needed abortion-related care, I, I think we should put quotations around the word needed, because I don't know that that's actually a thing, uh, but needed abortion-related care, as permitted by this rule, are preempted. So, in a statement, the VA said, quote, The VA is taking steps to guarantee veterans and other VA beneficiaries abortion-related care anywhere in the country. So, are, are you following this? Are you getting it? We're trying to find a legal workaround. We're trying to actually do the Elizabeth Warren, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez mindset that we can just set up clinics on federal land and the state has no authority there. That's not actually how that works, by the way. It may be federal land and you may have a case where there's some federal jurisdiction and federal law enforcement would be who you would prefer to deal with any crimes that transpire there, but if you are inside of a state, then you have to operate within the guidelines of that state. The state laws trump most federal laws in almost every occasion. There are very few cases uh, where a federal law is supposed to trump, uh, or federal law trumps state law. Very few cases of that, and it has a lot to do with the fact that we do have a federalist system. We do believe in the state's rights, and they're completely ignoring the fact that the Supreme Court basically said it's not something the federal government has a right to play in. This is a state issue. Stop trying to find workarounds. You see, if, if the Biden administration respected the Constitution, they would also respect their co-equal branch of government, in this case of the Supreme Court, and respect the decision that was handed down that says this is a state issue. You would not be looking to try and find any excuse you can to work around what a state has done, to work around the decision from the Supreme Court. You would be looking for creative ways to try and negate 
what has been established. Now, since 1999, the VA has been banned from providing abortion or abortion counseling. The interim rule now <clears throat> will become effective immediately, even though it's not completed the public comments process. So, are you following me here? The VA has been banned from doing anything abortion-related. And do you know why, boys and girls? Raise your hand if you know. All right, I see a lot of hands out there raised, which is really weird since this is an audio <laughs> format. But yes, <clears throat> I see a lot of hands raised. You see, there are laws currently on the books that prohibit the use of American taxpayer dollars in the providing of abortions. Therefore, the VA system being completely funded through American U.S. taxpayer dollars, it is not legal for the VA to provide abortions or even consulting about abortions. It's not something that's legal. So this interim rule is a violation of the rule of law that, again, just a few days ago, Joe Biden was claiming that they love so very deeply as a Democrat and MAGA Republicans uh, do not uh, revere. And then to turn around and say that this rule is going to go into effect immediately, ignoring the fact that in the past, and this is also a matter of law and regulations, there has to be a public comment process before a final determination on something like this could be made. If you're going to change a policy, you're in violation of the administrative state. You're in violation of the very thing that you've helped to build to try and keep uh, <laughs> the ultimate power remaining in the hands of the people. Quoting here, from the rule, as abortion bans come into force across the country, veterans in many states are no longer assured access to abortion services in their communities, even when those services are needed. Okay, I'm going to stop again right there because I, that's just not true. There are very few instances where an abortion is needed. Very few. Now, if you actually have a case where the life of the mother is at stake, then you can make the case that it's needed. There is no place in this country that has moved forward any type of restrictions against abortion that does not have a carve-out for the life of the mother. None. Not even Alabama that has like the very strictest uh, set of rules that they've tried to put forward not, not even the strictest of the strictest have come out and said, well, there will be no abortions ever, no matter what. And that includes things that typically wouldn't be considered an abortion, you know, like an atopic pregnancy. Uh, an atopic pregnancy, when you go in and save the life of the mother there, that's not even legally or medically considered to be an abortion. And yet, you still hear folks on the left trying to say, oh, well, they're trying to ban uh, the just needed health care. Uh, again, lies, deception. 
They're misleading you. And if you're one of these bleeding heart folks that's buying into that, freaking read the text of the laws that are being put in place. How hard is it for you to just take a look at what is actually being said in these laws rather than just jump on a bandwagon? Well, I mean, obviously it must be pretty dang hard. I'm still hearing people referring to the freaking law in Florida as being the don't say gay bill. That's literally nothing at all to do with what they did. Nothing at all. But there's still some folks still saying that and still reacting like, oh, how dumb it is to try to pass a law about saying gay. Sorry, guys. What's actually dumb is you not uh, being smart enough to take a look at the law itself. You're not having the gumption, the cojones to educate yourself rather than just assuming that those of us that support something like that are a bunch of uneducated groups. So there are very few instances where you can claim that abortion services, a.k.a. murder of pre-born baby humans, are actually needed. But they keep using this language because they want to try and convolute the argument. Number one, they know that most leftists have now been convinced that access to abortion as just another form of on-demand contraception is needed. So they buy into that language, but they still use this language to try and debunk the, the folks on the right because they want you to think that, well, I mean, obviously, if it's needed, needed, why would you be against it? And that's just it. If it actually is, if it's one of those extremely rare cases where it's needed, nobody's against it, or at least not very many people. There may yet still be some that's just absolutist that uh, believe that there's no circumstance ever where it should be permitted, but there's not enough of those folks around for them to impact the way these laws are being written. There's not a place in the country, none, not a single place in the country where a restriction on abortion includes uh, no exemptions at all. There's not a place where it does not include an exemption for the life of the mother. And in many places, cases of incest and rape are also covered. So those red herring events are not a factor in trying to stand up against these laws. Oh, but you know the left. Don't ever let a good uh, story go to waste. Don't let a good uh, crisis go to waste. And never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Okay, so this rule that they're trying to put in place, it spends much of its 40 pages making a complicated legal argument that the department does not need Congress's authority to begin offering abortions. Which, again, not true, because it is literally against the law, a little thing called the Hyde Amendment. But rest assured, within the 40 pages, it also says that the Hyde Amendment which is what prohibits federal dollars from funding abortions, only applies to the Departments of Labor, Health, and Human Services and Education. Uh, why would you say that? Exactly, because, I mean, the Hyde Amendment applies to all federal taxpayer dollars. But, you know, they're going to try to make that argument. They're going to throw everything at the wall, and they're going to say what sticks.
The rule says that abortion consulting will be provided in all cases and that abortions will be provided only in certain circumstances, like where the health of the mother is jeopardized or the pregnancy is the result of rape. However, the rape and incest terms will be broadly defined and enforced. We are not, quoting here, we are not requiring a veteran to present particular evidence, such as a police report, to qualify for this case. In other words, if you just tell us that that's what happened, that's good enough for us. You can come in and lie. You can know your line. They can know your line. But they're still going to pretend like they don't know. They don't need any evidence at all. You want to tell me this isn't an effort to work around the ruling from the Supreme Court? An attempt to work around state laws, which has the ultimate authority in these cases, not the federal government? Now, Also, the same goes for what constitutes impacting a woman's health. Quoting here, individuals at risk of pregnancy complications who do not have access to contraception or abortion may experience conditions resulting from pregnancies that can leave them at risk for loss of future fertility. The rule also says other conditions like cardiac disease is something to be concerned of. Assessment of these conditions, injuries, illness, or diseases that will qualify for this care <clears throat> will be made by appropriate healthcare professionals on a case-by-case basis. Again, in other words, government doctors are going to be told to look the other way, and if they come in asking for an abortion, you're going to give it to them. You just need to ask, uh, why, why do you need an abortion? I'm afraid this will complicate my health. Okay, good enough. I, I was the victim of rape. Um, okay, good enough. No evidence needed. Going to be decided on a case-by-case basis based on what? There's no mention here of a requirement of actual examination. How many people are going to buy into the fact that these VA physicians, who are already stretched well beyond what most doctors are expected to deal with, because their hands are tied by the bureaucracy already, how many people are going to think they're going to take the necessary time and conduct the necessary medical and diagnostic testing in order to get an actual honest account determination as to whether or not a health crisis might present itself if a pregnancy is allowed to continue through its full term. Part of its justification for why it has the authority to make the change to this rule is that providing an exemption for when the health of a mother could be impacted was similar to providing an exception for when her life is in danger, which is the standard for the Department of Defense, 
basically when it comes to care to active duty military. It says VA health care must be similar to the DOD, which is not the same as identical. So they're just trying to muddy the waters here, guys. The department will also use federal funds to pay for veterans to get abortions elsewhere. Quoting here again, VA will pay for abortions from providers in the community where available in cases where the life or health of the veteran is endangered if the pregnancy were carried to term or in the case of pregnancy resulting from an act of rape or incest. We came to this decision after listening to VA health care providers and veterans across the country. Veterans who sounded the alarm that abortion restrictions are creating a medical emergency for those we serve. Offering this care will save veterans' health and lives, and there is nothing more important than that. Also, according to the rule, quote, abortion consulting has three purposes. Purpose number one, to aid a pregnant individual in making a decision about an unwanted pregnancy. Number two, to help the pregnant individual implement the decision. And three, to assist the pregnant individual in controlling their future fertility. Anybody else getting a vibe here that has anything at all to do with veteran health care? I mean, that's the excuse, but it's clear it's nothing more than a workaround. It's clear that it's nothing more than a blatant attempt to ignore the Hyde Amendment, which is standing current federal law, and it's nothing more than an effort to ignore a ruling from the United States Supreme Court that says the federal government doesn't play a role in this, the states get to decide. But again, I'll remind you, it's the MAGA Republicans that have no respect for the Constitution and the rule of law, while the Democrats are clearly all about the nearly perfected attempt to preserve the Constitution and all the rights that are there, including all the ones they make up and that don't actually exist. Good God, they care so much. All right, uh, let's take the mid-hour break, and when we come back, we will continue as a quick look at uh, the legality and how much Democrats love the Constitution and the rule of law. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. A more 
for a perfect union to ordain and establish this constitution for the United States of America. It seems that the desire to murder unborn American babies could spell big heaping problems for those running for office who may want to help secure our border or defend parental rights. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Just recently, Democrats Mary Peltola won the special election for Alaska's only congressional House seat besting a field that included popular Republican Sarah Palin, who was seeking a political comeback in the state where she was once a very popular governor. In Michigan, where 40% of small businesses were lost due to draconian Corona China virus restrictions and the overall plague of the Democrat Governor Wichmer administration is just plain awful. However, because of many years of government school indoctrination, many voters throughout our republic would rather see our nation overrun with illegal border crossers, the economy destroyed by Biden, the USA taken over by China, the traditional family done away with, and a drag queen for every child than abortion being rightfully decided by the states and reduced. So beware, Republicans, while you try to distance from Trump, Democrats may utilize the abortion issue to clean your clocks and then finish a republic off. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I, I do not view abortion as a, uh, um, as a choice and a right. I think it's always a tragedy. And I think that uh, it should be uh, rare and safe. And I think we should be focusing on how to limit the number of abortions. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Look, these aren't, we always talk about these children. They're not someone else's children. They're our children. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for staying with me through that very brief break. Before we get back into action, I want to uh, ask you folks to take just a moment and follow the uh, link in the show description to uh, check out LT Pain Master. Now, LT Pain Master brand uh, CBD creams and topicals are the only hemp-derived products approved to carry the name of the NFL Hall of Famer Lawrence Taylor. Uh, these, of course, were made to tackle the toughest aches and pains, and uh, along with Mr. Taylor, they have been crafted to be a line of high-quality products developed with 
athletes in mind. LT Pain Master is specifically formulated to help athletes deal with their aches and pains from high intensity activities and sports. It is a CBD pain cream made for athletes by athletes designed to tackle the toughest aches and pains, period. So uh, follow the link in the show description and check out LT Pain Master. Whether you're looking at the high-performance CBD creams or any of the other products that they offer, uh, definitely worth taking a look. All right, we're going to see if I can sneak two stories in here, because one of them we don't need to spend much time on, but I definitely want to include. So I'm going to hurry and try and get this one added. We'll start right here, right off the top, because, <coughs> excuse me, uh, we also have to deal with incompetence that also leads to the breaking of the rule of law. And in this case, the IRS is admitted to exposing confidential data of over a hundred thousand Americans. Yes, our friends at the IRS, again from this past Friday with the big news dump, uh, they said that they've removed from its website confidential information on over a hundred thousand Americans that it had exposed through a mistaken disclosure. In a letter from the Treasury Department to the House Committee on Homeland Security, the agency said that the data of about 120,000 Americans had been exposed through an inadvertent disclosure. Uh, this notification follows the IRS's discovery that some machine-readable Form 990-T data was made available for bulk download sections on the tax-exempt organization search. This should not have been made public, uh, according to the Acting Assistant Secretary for Management at the Treasury, Ms. Anna Canfield-Roth. Uh, Ms. Roth continued saying, in some instances, the data did include individual names or business contact information, the kind of thing that, you know, criminals would be able to use to steal your identity. Just, just saying that you know, for general information. Now, Roth also said that the information did not include social security numbers, individual income information, or information that would impact a person's credit. She also said that the agency had taken immediate action to take down the confidential information. Now, the IRS generally uses Form 990-T data to collect information about individual retirement accounts and their investments into entities like real estate or master limited partnerships, this according to the Wall Street Journal at any rate. The tax enforcement agency will also be conducting a review of their operations per the Treasury Department's direction following the mistake. Uh, Ross's letter uh, also stated, quote, The Treasury Department has instructed the IRS to conduct a prompt review of its practices to ensure necessary protections are in place to prevent unauthorized data disclosures. The mistake is just another hit for the embattled agency, of course. 
It has been criticized by Republicans recently over concerns that the, the nearly $80 billion in funding given the IRS through the so-called Inflation Reduction Act will increase audits on middle-class Americans, which it definitely will, no matter how many times they try to sell you that it won't. The Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, has said that the audit rates for middle-class Americans will not increase, but some remain skeptical of her claims and point to her language about comparisons to audit levels in the past. Uh, we've talked about that previously as well, stating that the, those levels are actually down recently in comparison to what they used to be, and her language says there will not be a significant increase based on historical levels. So that means there's going to be a lot more than what we're seeing right now. Just, you know, cut through the language. Uh, quoting here, I direct that any additional resources, including any new personnel, or auditors that are hired shall not be used to increase the share of small business or households below the $400,000 threshold that are audited relative to historical levels. See, at historical levels, uh, they're going up, guys. Yellen, of course, said that last month and also continued by saying, quote, This means that contrary to the misinformation from opponents of this legislation, small business or households earning $400,000 per year or less will not see an increase in the chances that they are audited. Again, uh, go back to the language she used in describing it as it being relative to historical levels. With the funding from newly passed legislation, the IRS could hire up to 87,000 new employees, some of whom are expected to be enforcement agents. And that, that is rather conservative language, uh, rather friendly language to the IRS, because the way it was initially presented, most of that money is going to be directed towards new enforcement agents. Most of that money is going to be directed towards people that are either going to be conducting audits or are going to be showing up at your house fully armed, prepared to use uh, any force necessary, as that was in the job description, in order to make sure that you aren't cheating them, the federal government, of their entitled cash, you know, the money that you've earned. And you need to sit down, shut up, and just be happy they let you keep any of it. That is their mentality. It always has been. They need to make up revenue. And when the federal government, when a Democrat holding office, even when a Republican holding office is talking about increasing revenue for the government, they're talking about collecting tax dollars. They're not out here running a business, guys. They're not making a profit by virtue of offering a great service that you're willing to pay for. They're rolling around fighting the folks who have a few dollars squirreled away, and they're trying to take them away from you. That's what they do. Now, just to uh, also make quick mention and another great example of how much they care about the rule of law and the Constitution, Paul Pelosi is making headlines again, too. Now, this is a story that's definitely not getting much 
uh, coverage at all. Definitely falls into the category of headlines you may have missed as far as that's concerned. But Paul Pelosi, in, in case you're still kind of confused, that's the husband of Nancy Pelosi. So he cut his losses in the software company just before the United States placed a brand new restriction on computer chip sales to China and Russia. As noted by an analysis from MoneyWise, Pelosi literally sold 25,000 shares in the Nidria company back on July 26th at an average price of about $165, causing a loss of $341,000, according to the discourse. And... Uh, All right, so we have this disclosure uh, admitting that there is this huge uh, loss. But one month later, the company revealed that the federal government had imposed export restrictions on the company uh, on their A100 and their forthcoming H100 circuits. The new regulations would address the risk that the covered products may be used in or derived to a military end use or military end users in China and Russia. So the company said that in this filing with the Securities and the Exchange Commission that that was their primary concern. Shares of the company fell 7.7% on the news that the total of 16% since Pelosi sold shares back in July of 2016. July 26th of this year. Pelosi, who, by the way, in case you've already forgotten, was arrested on an alleged drunk driving uh, incident earlier this year, formally exercised 200 call options on their expiration date of June 17th at a strike price of $100. This, according to more federal filings. Drew Hamill, spokesperson for the Speaker Pelosi, said in a statement to Fox News that the lawmaker had no knowledge of her husband's transactions. But then she doesn't really have to have knowledge of her husband's transactions. Her husband just needs to have knowledge of what the Speaker's actions are currently ongoing. Right? It's not a case where uh, they have to have a conversation back and forth where Okay, you're going to tell me this. All they really have to do is, well, I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. And if it happens to affect any of our portfolio, then we're going to need you to, you know, act accordingly. Again, quoting here, as always, he does not discuss these matters with the speaker until the trades have been made and required disclosures must be prepared and filed. Mr. Pelosi decided to sell the shares at a loss rather than to allow the misinformation in the press regarding the trade to continue. Pelosi, however, has frequently placed large bets at the heights of raging policy debates in Congress. Last year, he purchased over $6 million in options contracts related to technology stocks while lawmakers were working on antitrust legislation. Speaker Pelosi, that's Nancy, 
has rejected the notion that members of Congress should be banned from trading individual stocks. Quoting, because this is a free market. We are a free market economy. It's about the only time you're going to get Pelosi or any Democrat to say that. But Pelosi told that to a reporter last year, saying, quote, they should be able to participate in that. Joe Biden signed a $52.7 billion Chips and Science Act into law back on August 9th, a move that he characterized as an effort to combat supply-driven inflationary pressures. Multiple key Asian manufacturing economies enforced harsh lockdown measures two years ago in response to the spread of COVID, which created bottlenecks in the global semiconductor supply chain that actually continued to persist to this day. The new law provides $39 billion in manufacturing incentives for semiconductors, a major component behind rising prices levels for automobiles and other consumer goods. So, as well as the $13.2 billion for research and development and a 25% investment tax credit for semiconductor production, America invested this in, <laughs> sorry, quoting here from Biden, America invented the semiconductor. And this law brings it back home. It's in our economic interest, and it's in our national security interest to do so. So a report from the New York Times, the, De the Deal book, revealed that asset purchases from members of Congress and their immediate families amounted to $267 million in 2021, while sales amounted to $364 million. Top officials working at the Federal Reserve have also faced criticism for purchasing individual stocks amid their work to chart the nation's monetary policy. The reason that they're criticized in this fashion, the reason that this is looked at as being a problem, as being an issue, is because they do, in fact, have inside information. They've got the knowledge of what's about to happen. They've got the knowledge of what's coming down the pike. They know what's the government is about to do, what laws are about to be passed, what changes are about to be made, what tax credits are about to be offered, they have this knowledge. And again, I point out the language used, uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi didn't uh, discuss the investments. No, she doesn't have to, does she? She just has to say, well, we're about to pass this law. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know what to do. This in a nation that has laws against insider training. When this actually gets very, very close to the legal definition of insider trading. You're not supposed to use your position for personal gain. It's in the expectations. It's part of the oath of office that you take. You're supposed to be doing the work of the people. You're supposed to be providing your best efforts for the American public. That's it. Simple, straightforward. Further enriching yourself based on inside information that not everyone else has access to is against the law. 
just because you found a way to work around it doesn't give you permission. You're violating the public trust. You're violating the spirit of the law, if not the letter of the law. That also indicates a lack of respect of the law. A lack of respect of the rule of law. That very same rule of law that Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. was lecturing us on just a few days ago. Was trying to convince you that it's the MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump that have no respect for the Constitution. No respect for the rule of law. When these people are doing nothing more than lining their pockets either through inside information or through the re realignment, would that be a good word? The realignment, the redirection of federal taxpayer dollars that are supposed to be going to one place but never quite seem to manage to get where that one place is supposed to be. At the end of the day, they can use any excuses they want, they can make any claims that they want, but there is no question, there's no doubt that information that was not readily available to the rest of the country was used in determining when they should sell and when they should buy, when they should take advantage of the options, what options they should be purchasing. This is, at its very heart, unethical action. And even if they have found some legal gray area to keep it from being illegal, it's only because they found a gray area. It's only because they found a workaround. And somebody that actually has respect for the Constitution, somebody that actually has respect for the rule of law, they don't spend so much of their time, energy, and resources in finding workarounds. They don't spend so much of their energy in trying to find ways to avoid consequences of the actions that they're taking. They simply don't take actions that might fall under the umbrella of, is this legal or not? If you're in that point, if you're close enough to breaking the law that you have to ask, is this breaking the law? Then you're too close to it if you're a public official at the very least. If you're a private citizen, you're probably too close to it. But if you're a public official, you're definitely too close to it. You and your immediate family have to hold yourselves to a higher standard or you're not doing the work of the people. If you are somebody that typically votes Democrat, why do you not demand more from the people that you're electing? You certainly have these high expectations for the people that we're electing, the conservatives, people that are voting for Republicans or are voting for uh, people that are part of the Libertarian Party. You hold those folks to a much higher standard than you hold the people that you're voting for. When is that going to change? Because they should all be held to a high standard. They should all be held to a higher standard than they're being held to now. And you certainly cannot expect them to hold themselves to this high standard because they're just not going to do it. They're just not. This is not surprising to anyone. This is not 
magically uh, appearing out of nowhere. We know Nancy Pelosi has used her position in government for the betterment of the portfolios held by her and her family. It's not breaking news. The fact that it's actually being reported and that multiple news sources are actually carrying the story, that's breaking news. Hey, journalists actually doing journalism. Film at 11. Oh my gosh, they're actually going to talk about it? Except most of those so-called journalists are going to go to sleep on it. Maybe you'll see something about it on CNN because they do seem to be cracking down on them over at CNN. Thank goodness. Anyway, going to have to wind things down. That's going to be enough for this two hours. It's just, I'm still so worked up over this speech that Biden gave. I want to remind you again, please don't let yourself be goaded into uh, acts of violence over this, though, because part of me fully believes that that's exactly what they're hoping for. Let's not let them control the narrative. Let's respond at the ballot box, not in the streets. We leave that kind of violence and crap to them. Now, if you have to defend yourself, defend yourself. If you need to be prepared, then be prepared. But don't let them goat you into striking first. That's what they want. Ballot box, not the streets. That's got to be our mantra, uh, at least to the end of the midterms at any rate. That's going to have to be it. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and especially to use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Oh, yeah. And uh, Joe, this is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Let's go. Hey. Things that you 
is using both hands. Using both hands.